0: Starting with this week's portion is uh, Pasha's Tazriya, and we are going to be in Leviticus, the 12th chapter. Vayikra, the 12th chapter, starting with verse 1. It starts off this way. Hashem spoke to Moshe saying speak to the children of Israel saying when a woman conceives and gives birth to a male she shall be contaminated for a seven-day period as during the days of her separation infirmity shall she be contaminated and on the earth the eighth day the flesh of his foreskin shall be circumcised for 33 days she shall remain in uh, she shall remain in blood of purity Uh, she may not touch anything sacred she may not enter the sanctuary until the completion of her days of purity if she gives birth to a female she shall be contaminated for two weeks as during her separation and for uh, 66 days shall she remain in blood of purity We are in the portion, normally this is a double portion, but because we're in a leap year, we will do uh, Tazria uh, separately. We will be dealing with the subject matter of ritual impurity. Uh, I think most of you in this room could probably teach this class because most of your first questions of Torah study came from this chapter because your assumptions, and a lot of people have made er erroneous assumptions about this text, uh, to somehow read into it that there is a sexist bend to all of this. But we know that that is not the case, correct? So we will quickly go through uh, what the meaning behind the birth of of a male son versus a female child or a daughter. And the idea of the time period being different from a male to a female. Now, I would like to give someone to show off their great uh, Torah scholarly prowess. And if you have an answer for that, I would love to hear it. Yes, ma'am. That
1: uh, the woman, when she gives
2: birth to a son, is like almost is like losing. Um, uh, a valuable person mm-hmm. uh, like that of, of sorts, mm-hmm. and when you lose a son, that uh, uh, or when you birth a son, it's like losing a son. So it's a, a, mm-hmm. um, a one-week period. But when you lose a daughter or birth a daughter, um, daughter uh, it's more of a loss because she has an ability to have more children.
0: It's less of a loss, you mean? Yes. For the, for the daughter or the boy? For
2: the for, for the daughter. I think it's more for the son.
0: I thought it was for the son. I don't. Anyway, go ahead. Continue. Anyway, You're because, doing good.
2: Because she has an uh, ability to give life and bring life into the world. Right. The longer time of, of say breathing, they don't call it breathing you know, right. They call it uh, separation. Okay,
0: that is one very good explanation. Uh, the <laughs> other explanation is is that. Uh, the woman has to finish her purity levels before she can attend the Brit Milah, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, she has to. I mean, just uh, common sense. At uh, the same time, the male, the male child receives his connection with Hashem through the Brit Milah. He's purified upon circumcision, right? Mm-hmm. Where the daughter is does not have a Brit Milah. And she, there is a longer period before there is uh, ritual purity for the mother and the daughter. The daughter is capable of bringing life. The son has to connect to, um, uh, to, uh, back to Hashem. Which is really interesting uh, concepts because not only must she uh, wait the designated period of time, but uh, she also has to bring an offering. It says in verse 6, "...upon the completion of the days of her purity uh, for a son or a daughter, she shall bring a, uh, bring a sheep within its first year for an elevation offering, and a young dove or a turtle dove for a sin offering to the entrance of the tent of meeting to the Kohen." Now, what is this sin offering? Is it because she just committed a sin? No, we, we know that this is not for anything other than a purification offering, right? This is about her drawing near to Hashem. Because up until this pure during this purification time, she's not capable of kabbaning, correct? So she's sort of separated. Uh, she's separated out only for the purpose that she is ritually impure. Not because she is sinful, not because she is an impure person. Now, it's hard for us to gather up the understanding of ritual and purity if you don't completely understand the the, the sacrificial system, uh, the the purity that is required by the priest, the koanim, to go into the temple. It had to be a place of great purity. And so, in our modern day, it's, it's kind of hard for us to comprehend ritual and purity, but at some level we can understand it of, of spiritual impurity, right? We can understand that when we commit uh, unrighteous acts and we repent before Hashem, that at some level we are separating ourselves from, um, from our relationship with Hashem. And so in that way we can kind of understand it. Remember the children of Israel, when they're in the wilderness, as Rabbi Skobach uh, so eloquently stated Wednesday night that they were at a different level and Hashem had to demonstrate to them in great, mighty, physical acts of wonder and majesty and splendor and glory for them to comprehend the the beauty of Hashem, the majesty of Hashem, the power of Hashem. That, but in the age that we live, though we are not... At their level there is a connection to a person's emuna, the person's faith their trust in Hashem that they don't need a wondrous sign or a miracle correct so if you can remember that one of the purposes for the Mishkan was to put a very strong visual connection to or within the customs and traditions of the people so they could begin to comprehend not only the great splendor and majesty of the king, but the fact that anybody that draws near must be pure, must be pure. The Britmila the, uh, is pretty interesting because we have the boy being circumcised on the eighth day. We know that there's there's science behind that, but there's more than just science. Hashim didn't do it just for medical reasons. There is um, a number of ideas that have come out of the eighth day, and we sort of touched on it um, a few weeks ago, didn't we not? And what we touched on is understanding that the eighth day is not necess- is, does not mean there's you know, an extra day added in the week. There's only seven days of the week. So what does the eighth day mean? The eighth day indicates that which is outside of the physical realm. It is actually within the heavenly realm. It's when this young boy is circumcised that he is elevated to a righteous state that he otherwise would not be elevated to. It is interesting... That we also have, uh, you have, for example, you have the six days that the boy uh, is is going through. That they they're looking at him, making sure that he's going to be okay. They are getting ready to assign a name. They're getting ready to do the brit milah. But until he reaches that seventh day, and then final that eighth day, he's not fully in the whole covenantal mm-hmm. system. So it is interesting that the eighth day is seen sort of repeated at, in a number of, uh, of occasions, or the number eight. For example, when uh, uh, Abraham is not given the covenant of the land until Abraham is circumcised, mm-hmm. right? He was a man of faith. He trusted Hashem. He walked with Hashem. But the covenant of the land did not come until he was circumcised. The people, when they entered into the land, of Israel. It took them seven years to conquer it, seven years to divide the land. You, you're seeing the, the, the pattern arise here. You see that Hashem deals with His people for 6,000 years. There is a seventh day or a Sabbath that comes, the millennial kingdom, or and then you're going to have the eighth day, which is going to be the day in which all souls that have been Uh, sanctified and made righteous will be will be lifted up to its I guess final level the world to come and you know though we might have great minds of fantasy it's hard for us to even understand what that really means there's great text within the Zohar Midrashic sources that will talk about that and we encourage you to do that Let me read you a couple of things from Rav Nachman that I thought would be uh, interesting. First, uh, Rabbi uh, Simlai said, Just as a man was created after all other forms of life, so too his Torah, the laws pertaining to him, was explained after all the laws given about other forms of life. For example, last week we talked about what? What was clean and unclean animals, correct? Here we have that uh, man is, is given his tour about his circumcision. Why did God create man last after all other creations? Two reasons are offered. First, because man is the ultimate reason for creation. Reason why creation had to be done first. Therefore, everything else was created beforehand to be ready to serve Him. Second, to prevent Him from arrogance, He should know that even a flea was created before Him. So, it's something to remember that as 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 lofty as as lofty as we feel about being one of God's children, we have to remember that ants and fleas were created before us. Or think of the most obnoxious animal roaches were created before you, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's why, and and it's interesting because when we look at the Torah and we look at how the law is given at Sinai and how it's laid out, we see these very same patterns that go back to creation. They follow sort of the same timeline. And as the Torah is given, last week was the Torah of the food and the animals and what's clean and unclean. And it didn't mean that the animal was was a nasty animal as much as it was not ritually pure for you you to consume. That's what it was about. Uh, Verse 3 of chapter 12 also has some commentary on it. On the eighth day, uh, his foreskin should be circumcised. Why was a man created with a foreskin? Now think about this. Was he created imperfect? So why was he created with a foreskin?
1: Good
0: question, isn't it? Couldn't God have created everything perfect? Could He have created without the necessity of a foreskin? Of course. Mm -hmm. The whole idea is we are given the ability to participate in our redemption. We're given that great opportunity. Man and woman have an opportunity to participate in creation. This is what's so powerful. Think about it to be able to give a birth. Now, women, I can't associate to your feelings of how you felt when you became pregnant, Uh, but most definitely as a man, we know that day that when your wife said that you're going to have a child, that sort of, for some people it might be panicked, but for me it was like I was so overjoyed and excited, and um, you're happy that it's, I mean, you just, this whole sense is just things change for you. But the amazing thing is when you realize that you and her participated with Hashem to bring that life. That's amazing. The other amazing thing is that the male is circumcised on the eighth day to remove this foreskin to demonstrate his or his parents' decision, especially in the case of the parents, because they're the ones making the decision. Not only do the parents have the great opportunity to bring this young male into the world, they participate with Hashem in creation. They also participate with Hashem in bringing that child in covenant with the great household of Israel. They are helping Hashem bring it about. It's beautiful. Let me see if there's something else Rav Nachman wrote. I want I saved some notes here. we we were able to hit that. Um, good. So the idea of the circumcision is to. It's also about the cutting away of flesh or the, the removal like a husk. Think about it. Any any fruit that you eat or, or a lot of uh, delicacies that you eat are in nature. You have to remove the husk first. And the idea is, why couldn't Hashem pick something else? Why this?
2: Very intimate. It's
0: very, intimate. very, very intimate. And it is, uh, a, it's a very powerful life force in a male's life. And it requires submitting that intimate life force to Hashem. And at the same time, we all have the ability to have circumcised lips. Now, what do we mean about circumcised lips? The prophets talk about having pure hearts, pure lips. And it is not an accident that we come from this text to the next text, which is dealing with uh, a skin condition or a spiritual condition that took place only in the wilderness. Now, most of our Bibles will translate it as leprosy. But it is not leprosy at all. We all pretty much know that. But let's take a read. Would someone read starting with verse 13?
3: Hashem spoke to Moses and to Aaron, saying, If a person will have on the skin of his flesh a saiz, or a sapakas or a baharis, and it will become a tsaros affliction on the skin of his flesh, he shall be brought to Aaron the Kohen, or to one of his sons, the Cohenim. The Kohen shall look at the affliction on the skin of his flesh. If hair in the, in the affliction has changed to white, and the affliction's appearance is deeper than the skin of the flesh, it is a, a Saurus affliction. The Kohen shall look at it and declare him contaminated. If it is a white baharis on the skin of his flesh, and its appearance is not deeper than the skin, And the hair has not changed to white, then the Cohen shall quarantine the affliction for a seven day period. The Cohen shall look at it on the seventh day, and behold, the affliction retained its color, and the affliction did not spread on the skin, then the Cohen shall quarantine it for a second seven day period. The Cohen shall look at it again on the seventh day, and behold, if the affliction has dimmed, and the affliction has not spread on the skin, then the Cohen shall declare him pure. It is a mizpakas. He shall immerse his garments and become pure. But if the mispakas should spread on the skin after it had been shown to the Kohen for its purification, it should be shown to the Kohen again. The Kohen shall look and behold. The mizpakas has spread on the skin. The Kohen shall declare him contaminated. It is saras. Okay,
0: let's stop right there for just a moment. <clears throat> this saras. <clears throat> as we know, is not leprosy. It's called Nagin which is a totally different thing. It's a spiritual thing. Uh, the Cohen doesn't become the, uh, what, do you, what do you call, a dermatologist of the camp? He's not a dermatologist. This is not a diagnosis for a physical disease. Uh, this is about something that happens to a person spiritually. Now. I know that there are some that would would probably attempt to debate the fact that this isn't, and I've heard some people say this, uh, n- not obviously from Jewish sources, but people say, well, this is not about evil tongue or negative speech, but we know what the direct reference is. And what is that direct reference to? What person do we know that there is a direct reference about speaking? negatively about another person, Miriam exactly. So the idea is that uh, they are reminded later on, we are reminded later on to be careful not to do or commit the sin that Miriam committed and that is that she spoke negatively of Moshe's wife and this idea of evil speech or negative speech Uh, is a very powerful one for the people of Israel. Why was it so important that Hashem develop out or bring out a very physical sign of the effect of negative speech? We don't have that today. However, I must submit to you that though we may not have a physical skin condition that shows up as a sign of negative, evil speech, most definitely we can see the signs of it in our relationships and the behavior of people around us and maybe even our children listen we all have to guard our tongue right Uh, really it is a like all of us have to constantly think am I saying something that should not be said and what is the right how do you know the right measure what's the difference between warning a person of something Uh, that could happen potentially uh, to them from another person without speaking evil against the other person. But it's a very difficult thing. In this case here, the only way the people knew that something was going on was it would show up as a condition. Maybe, once again, as we go back to what Rob Skovak said, is that the state of the people in coming out of the land, for them to fully comprehend how much evil speech separates you from the presence of God and also separates you from the people of God was that he had to show a physical sign. There had to be a physical... Maybe they were at such a state that they just didn't recognize. Right? They lived in Egypt, for crying out loud. They were raised in Egypt. And you know uh, everything that happens in Egypt stays in Egypt, hopefully, but it doesn't, right? Yeah, right. It all followed them out in the wilderness, right? And so they were probably in this same mode. And we can see it in the story of, of uh, Korah and his rebellion. We can see it with the uh, ten spies uh, that came out very negatively in, in Joshua and Caleb. Uh, were on the other side of that fence. It was needed for the people to have a sign. Now, but it was the responsibility of the Kohen to make that determination. It was not the responsibility of the people. The people couldn't say, ah, this person has a skin disease, and send him over to the Kohen, and we're gonna make the determination whether this person has this disease. No, the Cohen had to look. It was very specific. It was like a white discoloration of the skin. And then if the white discoloration grew and then the hairs in that white discoloration turned white, then there was a good chance there would be the first step of a ritual cleansing, which meant that they had to separate himself from the camp for seven days. That was the first level. This seven day separation was important why do you think separation from or being on the outside of the camp was important Here,
1: look, at himself.
0: look at himself introspection um there is an there is an art to a spiritual introspection or self-examination right um we know that even the medical field uh your your physician or your you know the the medical field will encourage you to inspect yourself right if you see a discoloration of your skin, a mold that doesn't look right, you, you should keep an eye on it. And you, There's little charts to be able to tell you what to expect. And if you're not really sure, you go to a doctor. That has to do with a physical thing. But at the same time, every one of us in this room should, and I believe, I know you well enough to know, that you search your, your soul all the time for these kinds of things. Very careful. And what is the answer if you... Finally determined, maybe after getting good counsel, that yes, I have an issue with gossiping or I have an issue of my tongue. I say things I shouldn't say or whatever it may be. What is the issue? The issue is not obviously going out and living in the desert for seven days. The issue is maybe keeping your mouth shut for seven days Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and pray. Seek Hashem to know to open and illuminate the areas of your life. I had someone relate a story this week to me that is, uh, he will know who it is, uh, he's not here, he's, he's part of the community via the internet, and said that uh, he had prayed that Hashem would um, help his imuna grow, that was part of his prayer, right, and he gets to work and the new CEO of the company is there to walk through the area and see how things are going, and The CEO comes up to him after and he says, You know what? I think I need to step in here and do a few things. And he had made a couple of suggestions. And he said, As soon as the CEO left, he said, Panic fell over me. Like, Oh my goodness, the new CEO thinks I'm a failure as the chief financial officer. You know, he's thinking I'm doing a poor job. And he said, As soon as he started thinking that way and thinking I could lose my job, and, you know, what are people going to think about me? And then he said, Hold on that I just not pray this morning for Hashem to build my amunah, right? Mm-hmm. And he said, though he realized he had to struggle with that for actually a whole day,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, he recognized that that was a part of illuminating his amuna, his trust and faith in God. Mm-hmm. Because how can you have trust and faith in God when you're worried that your job, you're going to lose your job? That's right. It's really not trust and faith in God. It's trust and faith in your own skill. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, he passed the great test, and you know he realized that this was part of that prayer all of us have experienced some level of introspection even though we may not have spoken evil against someone the best way to do it is spend time in prayer and you know basically sanctifying your your tongue um the uh, wanted to see one thing about uh okay we'll have to wait on that one um so uh we left off at verse eight Eight? would you like to continue on
3: if a tsar's (coughs) affliction will be in a person he shall be brought to the cohen the cohen shall look and behold it is a white says on the skin, and it has changed hair to white, or there is healthy live flesh within the says. It is an old tsarist in the skin of his flesh, and the Kohen shall declare him contaminated. He shall not quarantine it, for it is contaminated. If the Tsaris will erupt on the skin, and the Tsaris will cover the entire skin of the infliction from his head to his feet, wherever the eyes of the Kohen can see, the Kohen shall look and behold, The affliction has covered his entire flesh. Then he shall declare the affliction to be pure. Having turned completely white, it is pure. On the day healthy flesh appears in it, it shall be contaminated. The Kohen shall look at the healthy flesh and declare him contaminated. The healthy flesh is contaminated, it it is zaris. But if the healthy flesh changes again and turns white, he shall come to the Kohen. The Kohen shall look at it, and behold, the affliction has changed to white. The Kohen shall declare the affliction pure. It is pure. If flesh will have had an inflammation on its skin, and it will have healed, and on the place of the inflammation there will be a white sais or a white baharis, streaked with red, it shall be shown to the Kohen. The Kohen shall look, and behold, its appearance is lower than the skin, and its hair has turned white the Kohen shall declare him contaminated. It is a tsarist affliction that erupted on the inflammation. But if the Kohen looks at it and behold, there is no white hair in it, and it is not lower than the skin, and it is dim, the Kohen shall quarantine it for a seven day period. If it spreads on the skin, the Kohen shall declare him contaminated. It is an affliction. But if the Baharis remains in its place without spreading, it is the scarring of the inflammation. The Cohen shall declare him pure.
0: Okay, stop right there. Wouldn't it be nice <coughs> to uh, to live in a world in which you knew who you were dealing with?
1: <laughs> you could just
0: walk up to him and go, nah, I don't need to get involved in this relationship because you could see the white blotches on their face. and Right? <laughs>
1: I think we'd all wear it like glasses. Yeah, we That's would what all wear it. Right well, I mean, hopefully, we Trying would, would but would it, it not be nice?
0: <laughs> but what's so cool about this disorder this, this if one were to somehow be able to mask it and no one know, you know, keep it under their clothes, that I mean, it could show up like patches of their beard would come out or their hair. Uh, it could show up in many different f- fashions or forms, but it could also show up in the house or on the tent. It could show up on vessels. Uh, so it's like you're not gonna hide it. It's sooner or later it come out. And and I, I think that is one of the great lessons that we learn from this text is that evil speech will manifest itself. Bottom line, negative speech will manifest itself. Have you ever been around either a company you work for or a volunteer organization and which uh, as soon as you got into it, you began to recognize what evil speech has done to that organization. And it'll tear it up. It'll tear up an office space. I mean, there are people that get fired over that kind of stuff nowadays. Why? Because uh, haughty spirit and pride always is the um, sort of the the root of of evil speech. Why do we speak evil? Why? It lifts us up. We think if we tear someone down, it lifts us up. In reality, we're chopping ourselves down in the whole process. Um, so, this whole text continues on talking about a man or a woman in whom there will be an affliction on the scalp or on the beard. Uh, hopefully, it's not your wife's beard. But anyway, the Kohen shall look at her at the affliction and behold. I'm sorry, my mother in law had a beard. But anyway, I'm just picking. I'm just picking.
1: I had to light in the room. I
0: had to light in the room. She didn't have a beard at all. Do what? Yeah, I've got spots. on the just show you Yeah. Oh boy, that's in jest. That's wrong. I shouldn't have said that.
1: Are
0: you getting
1: itchy?
0: Yeah, I, I, th- I think my mustache is itchy and I'm feeling kind of... Uh, so let's, let's briefly, let's have a discussion about uh, the many aspects of evil speech. Can we do that? Can we do that? Uh, and if you speak up, speak loud enough so the person that's listening can hear. Let's talk about some aspects of evil speech and even throw out some things that you think might be and you want better definition. Can you talk to me? What would you categorize in a modern day, what would be evil speech?
2: Just anything negative. Okay,
0: what if I call the police and I report my neighbor is, is um, doing something that seems to be illegal? Is that evil speech? No. Okay, so we know that when we say anything negative, there's a, there's a line here, right? So wh- what, we, what are we talking about Negative. It's it, Well, did you know it could be true? It yes, could ma'am. be
1: true. The,
2: the way that I explained um, um, tattling or gossip to my children is you don't carry stuff to anyone else about what someone's doing unless what they're doing is dangerous to themselves or others.
0: That's very good. That's yes. a good one. Yes. That's a very good, I, I like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's a very good response. And as a matter of fact, you know, when you raise your children that way, uh, it's amazing. Um, our children never fought and fussed and, you know, they had their little spats occasionally. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about there are some families that is violent to be around them, right? The kids hate each other. Why? Because they have allowed that root of evil speech to exist, thinking, oh, kids will be kids. But no, they should understand that they, their brother or their sister is precious to them and should treat them that way. So it is, it is negative, but it can be positive. It can be a truth or it can be a lie. So let, let's, here's an example. Let's say that um, um, I'm going to go uh, purchase something at a mom-and-pop store. Mm-hmm. And I went to uh, the mom-and-pop store, the ace mom-and-pop store, before. But I didn't like it because the service was bad, they were unfriendly, and they gave me some bad advice. So I go to mom-and-pop store B, right, go to and talk to them, and I say... Well, I'm so glad you guys are amazing. Your shop does great work. You're friendly, you're accepting. Not like the Ace Mom and Pop store.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is that evil speech? Yes. 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 Now, what if a friend of yours is thinking of going to Ace Mom and Pop store? Let them go. You let him go. Right, now if that friend says, hey, I'm getting ready to get this fixed, where what do you recommend? Well, you wouldn't tell them don't go to the ace mom and pop store because they're horrible. Mm -hmm. You would say, oh, go to the B mom and pop store. They're great. Those are the people I really like. And look, it's easy to do. We all all fall into this trap occasionally of saying things we shouldn't say. That's why this lesson is so very important for us to stop every year for this portion and say, do I speak evil? Let's think of some more scenarios. Give me some more. Yes, ma'am. On the
3: other hand, the A shop... Might have changed their ways. Correct. Maybe they realized they were losing customers Correct. and wondering why they're not as busy. Where the neighbor down the street has all the cars lined Correct. up.
1: And perhaps it would be okay that they both have good reputation. Right. Then maybe that customer J will go to the A mm-hmm. and be happy and then start to
3: recommend. Absolutely. To a good experience. So sometimes leaving could change.
0: Right so, re-
3: so opposite.
0: right so let me ask you is it possible to speak evil speech and not have the intention to tear somebody down yes, yes. yes. that's the thing that we have yes. to remember yes. so how do we know it's evil speech it's when what we say can hurt, can hurt someone right bring damage to another
3: well, what if you hear someone doing that
2: and you know they're of your same community you go up to them and say uh, uh, can you remind them?
0: I think I think the best way is to stand on a chair and go unclean, unclean. can yeah. no, 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 no. to a
4: whole group and then that person will get it. Don't do it. <laughs> uh, a lot of people I mean well, I don't think you should join in. Yeah, th- that's if you yeah. just created a very them because yeah if you which say, is oh, which I'm is like evil
0: speech right right right, you just no, right. I mean, but
3: like, you, yeah. you bring that to their attention?
0: I, I think what you do is you just don't participate It right. you just play it down now if you know this person has a the proclivity to be very negative all the time and the, what they say about other people then go to them as a friend and well, as I mean. a yeah brother or sister and say you yeah, know I'm just a little concerned I constantly hear you say some things and I you know I I don't know if you realize that that might borderline on negative speech, and just be careful. You might want to be careful. can yeah.
4: express concern for themselves that mm-hmm. if
2: they're that you're wondering if something's going on in their life, that they seem like they're kind of down. Right. You know. That's so not a bad obviously idea. Obviously,
0: there. But you've got to be sometimes. very careful. Mm-hmm. You just yeah. got to be very careful. You had your hand raised, and then we'll go to share. Sorry. Uh, to- well, the other thing is, is you don't
2: stand and listen to it. Right because if you do that just it it causes it to grow. Right. And you and even if you don't take what they said mm-hmm. to someone else, it often can affect right. the way you think about the person that they're saying right. things exactly
0: right. about. Right. Right. Yeah. So so you ha- you have you have these little things, for example, even what you don't say sometimes can be like evil speech. Yeah. Right? So Keaton comes up to me I'm going to pick on Keaton. <laughs> it's like, hey, how's Peter doing? Uh, don't let me go there. Don't want to start. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Right? I, I
0: might as well have said whatever negative, because I've just created a, a smorgasbord of ideas that he could be thinking negative about, right? Sharon.
4: I was, uh, I'm, I'm having an issue at work with somebody, and I caught myself <laughs> being in the victim role, Right. because other people are noticing that things are going on, and... Before I knew it, I was engaging in the conversation I was being, you know, negative, I was talking bad because it was, like, really frustrating. Right. Then I, like, all of a sudden something just hit me, I was just standing there and I'm like, I have no idea what this poor woman may be going through and she she may just be lashing out at me because that's just who she's picked for this week or next week or whatever. Like sometimes, like, I really try to think about when people are mean to me. What's going on in their life? Because people aren't just mean to be mean. Right. It's usually a reason. Like, bullies aren't bullies just to be bullies. Right. There's something going on in a bully's life and the reason they're bullying other people. Right. You know? So sometimes taking yourself also out, like if you, if like somebody in the congregation is talking, you know, be like, you know, what, what, maybe you should see what's going on in their life. Maybe there's something deeper that's right. deep, deeper rooted that you should maybe address with that. Right,
0: so you could also bring up a positive side, like, yeah. hey, you know, well, well, there's this concept that in Judaism that you judge favorably. And that, that's where this comes from. You just judge favorably. I mean, you know, don't automatically assume a negative thing. Now, you, you, in our modern society, they would call that being naive. Okay, so I'm not talking about naivety. I'm talking about being smart about your environment, but at the same time, if you don't have the facts, just rule favorably. I think that's the best thing.
3: I've had uh, friends say, you know, I just have to get this off my chest. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: And you want to be supportive, and yet, you know, are you feeding into that? That's a really tough thing, because they really feel that they need to vent. Yes. I know. <laughs>
0: that, that's a that's a hairline, yes ma'am.
2: Vent if they can vent with no names or no reference. Yeah,
0: I I I think no that names. yeah, venting if without you don't know
2: who it is, you can go, you know, somebody was just so mean to me, they pulled in front of me, did XYZ right. and there's no names, right. there's no way you could know who it is, okay that that's them getting that frustration. If they're speaking about a specific person and you could know who that is
0: then that's evil speech. This is the only way that I would say that, that, that maybe mentioning a name would be any different. If you thought that the individual that you are venting to, or that person is venting to you because you know this other individual and can help somehow elevate the situation, I don't think that that's evil speech. For example, if I'm you know, i good friends with someone, I have someone else come up to me and say, this is a situation, it's, it's been humiliating, I can't believe the person's dealt with me that way, then I would allow that and not consider that evil speech because I would also say, why don't you let me go talk to the individual? Why don't we, why don't we elevate the situation? If you can elevate the situation, then it's not evil speech at all. It's, it's beauty. Right. That's why it's important for us to follow a process that is, um, that is proper. I, I heard of uh, someone was telling me they were in a cult. And uh, he said the person would uh, stand up and humiliate people if they, he just assumed they had something wrong in their life and do it in front of everybody. And then everybody was just so humiliated by the experience. Yes, ma'am.
2: I had a situation this week when I saw somebody being really mean to somebody else. It bothered me so much. I mean, you could see it in my face. It would just really frustrated me and I didn't know if I was in the situation where I could say like I mean it was obvious that I was upset about it. And then I called my husband to tell him about it. Is that
0: no, it's no, no, it's no. Because you're look, you're looking for a solution to the whole thing. I mean, there's a difference. Like us, once again, if your purpose is to elevate. Now, mind you, there are some people who use that as an excuse. Oh, girl, I'm just trying to elevate things. Right, you know, no, you're not elevate. Well, because women have the problem more than men, I think. Not really.
1: Not really. Listen, listen.
0: In my in my years uh, working in public service, which is mostly male-dominated, right? Public service, law enforcement, men are they're just as bad as anything that you would think women would do. It's crazy. Women can be vindictive and mean, but men are just they they gripe and tear people down just like testosterone. it is, right?
1: That's no excuse. <laughs> I'll
0: tell you a story when the camera goes off. Oh,
3: that's cool. Isn't, yeah. LaShawn um, Hurrah, because it's words and there's the power of speech, or is it even if we. I know someone who's very careful with their words but the look on the face right
0: i'm like oh my gosh and i'm like no 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 I, so great and i'm like
3: you just gave me you know no you just gave it away <laughs> that's,
0: that's what i'm saying it, it's like somebody going so how how's 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 uh, you know uh, richard doing i go
1: Ugh. <laughs>
0: It's so wonderful. Yeah. He's just I'm ready to kill them.
1: He's just
3: a, you know,
0: he's a good man. He's a good man.
3: <laughs> so it's <any> community. <laughs>
0: yeah. It, think about it. Anything. Listen. If your purpose is to make another person look bad and to create an environment where one cannot judge favorably, then it's evil. Bottom line. Yes, ma'am. Well, I'm
3: in home care, and we have to give a report to the next nurse. And there's some things that happens in the home. Right. That are inappropriate. In our
1: opinion, obviously. Right. You know, and according to the medical what we need to do. Right. We have to share some of this. But there's just just always a line because it's right.
0: And I think you have to delicately walk the line because you know some of it is very important. Right. I mean if the if the
1: if the patient right. you're
0: caring for does inappropriate things yeah. and it has to do with assaulting the psychology the psychological mm-hmm. status of your workers. Or safety you have no choice. Right, right. Well, it's, like,
3: it's like I walk into the room and it is total chaos. So before I can even begin, I have to clean up the whole room. Right. So the next shift I sort of share it with them.
0: Well,
1: but, but Which is not
4: exactly uh,
3: Yeah, that's, that's
0: not evil speech.
4: Yes, yeah,
1: no, right. it, it, it is. Do what? Or the mothers, or whatever, because they... Well, I
0: know, them. but are you are you telling them that the other person did? Okay, let me ask yeah, you, what's the purpose mentally. of it? Frustration. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay,
0: then it's probably evil speech, I mean, <laughs> but anyway. Now, I mean, there's a borderline. I mean, if you're telling them because... For
4: their own safety.
0: For their own safety, I mean, that's one thing, but if, if the fact that the other person's not doing their job, then you need to go to that other person and go, you need to clean up your mess. Yeah. Make sure that you. This yeah, is part, part of, your of your job. job
1: description. Yeah, yeah you it's should do important. it. It's but te- mom
0: though. <laughs> it's usually the patients. Uh, mother. Mother? mother. Well, there's nothing you can do about it then. Yes, no. ma'am. Yeah.
1: yeah. Just quit talking about it.
0: Yeah. Just quit talking about it. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, there, there is also, and I, I, I thought that you, basically you judge this by, you know, we're told that when you're called to be a witness, you have to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. You can't hide anything. So um, when you're actually called and somebody's going to be judged on what is said, mm-hmm. you can't just w- uh, you know just tell the positive or just tell the negative. Cor- oh, correct. Yeah, both. absolutely. And so when you're in a situation where you have to, I mean, you're reporting stuff. That kind of sort of is w- what gave me my balance. Mm-hmm. for is this evil speech or is this right? Um, uh, you know. Is this
0: making sure that justice is right? correct. No, I, I I think I agree with that. I mean, let me ask you, uh, do do we lie on a regular basis? Yes. No. Is it bad? Yes. Is it bad to lie? Huh? Yes. Is it good to lie? No, Okay, here we go
1: I'm,
0: I'm gonna trap you I'm gonna trap you so what's so so yeah. so someone comes up to you and rolls a baby carriage in front of you and this baby is so ugly that it looks like a mixture of an animal and an alien no, I'm serious. Have you ever seen an ugly baby? Um, pictures,
2: yes.
0: Yes, pictures. I've not seen no, any. No, the
2: parents dress them that No, I'm just telling
0: you, it. the point is, you don't point out and say, well, I've got to be exactly. to speak truthful.
1: Right. right.
0: Right? I mean, that's ridiculous. If someone shows you their new hairdo and you think it's horrible, <laughs> do you tell them, oh, that's disgusting.
3: Some people
0: do. Some people
2: do. But you just say that. The they do. should have I get away from them here. Well, when they don't say anything, they go, oh,
3: yes,
0: oh that's- i noticed- you it's you hair.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or
0: or it, it, you've changed your color. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. Or when the baby comes, you say, oh, the clothes are so beautiful. Where That's did where you get I that said, outfit? So don't feel dishonest because you deflect the reality of the situation. I'm not talking about that. That's not quote-unquote lying. Right. Right. You're just not...
4: Okay. You're not speaking about the, the, the
2: negative right. part of what you're
0: seeing. Right, right. You don't address it. That's evil speech. The, right? You're
2: speaking about hold the hold value
1: that you
0: see. Absolutely. Right. Well, this concludes the class. Everyone <laughs> say
1: <laughs> Shalom. <laughs> yes. yes. That's what kidding me. No, it wasn't. <laughs>